in God and his son Jesus Christ are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Amen. Our uh, scripture text for today is Joshua chapter 1, 5 to 9, and I'll read it in a few minutes. But before we get started, let me just set this comment and ask you a few questions. Think, I want you to think with me. What was, in your mind, we don't, we're not going to ask you to blurt it out, but what was the best thing that happened in 2021 for you? Think about what that is. It may make you also think, well, maybe 2022 will be even better. And so you're actually excited about the new year. What was the worst thing for you in 2022? I mean, 2021. That may make you have fear or anxiety about 2022. You think about it. You've come to the house of the Lord to hear the word of God that is to help you Dear ones who live in the information age, and the reason I said that was maybe even if in your own personal life it was a flat line where it wasn't just incredibly wonderful in 2021 and it wasn't incredibly bad, but maybe you were harassed by the information age. You know what I mean? Just every, we are able to know when somebody's abducted, when somebody wandered away from a nursing home, when there's a fire blowing across the northern part of a city somewhere, if there's uh, what we're, we're able to know the latest um, scam to try to use email or the telephone to get at your money, we are so saturated with thousands and thousands of news items every day that it's raising, it's making anxiety epidemic, even if people are having a pretty stable year and so in our culture we're kind of cultured to be tense and stressed and so new years can actually bring a little bit even if it's not really heavy for you today it's there it's in the room of your heart somewhere and so I, I want to push word, the word of God right next to it so that whenever you think about your anxieties you think about what God told Joshua and then you apply it to yourself the way the Holy Spirit wants you to. Joshua lived 1,500 years before Christ. He was the understudy prophet with Moses. Remember Moses? Remember how long Moses lived? 120 years. He was 80 when he was at the burning bush. And then he went and got God's people. And then they... Had a, uh, they stubbed their toe in their faith and didn't go into the promised land, the adults. So they had to wander for 40 years. So from 80 to 120, he led them. And it, it's all laid out for you in scripture in Numbers, the book of Numbers. And Moses is now 120. And it says that the last book of, that Moses wrote, he wrote five books, Deuteronomy. It says, Mo, the Lord told Moses, you're not getting to go to the promised land. It's time for you to come to heaven. And your, your understudy, Joshua, you are to anoint him to be the next prophet and the leader of the people. And just remind, I'll remind you that among the people, there's some two million-ish people. The, the Bible never says exactly how many they all are. It says 600 men, not counting women and children when they left Egypt. They, they, two million-ish people, they have a high priest. They have a place where the priest has priests under him. And they teach the word of God. There's not books like, like we have. It's, uh, 
certainly not in the electronics or digital age. So they, they have scrolls and there's only a few of them. So they learn everything orally. Most, most people are learning it orally and a lot of it's couched in songs. In fact, right before Moses died, God said, I got a long song I want you to write and I'm gonna give it to you and then you're gonna sing it to the people and it's written in Deuteronomy, you can find it. And he said, I want this as a witness, the song to be a witness so that as they learn it, then as they sing it, it will tell the story of God's love and patience even though they are sinful. An amazing song, the song of Moses. Moses is done with all of that. He writes the history for them so they don't forget it. And they put it in next to the Ark of the Covenant and he anoints Joshua to take over. And then God says, okay, take a trip up into the mountains and you're going to die. And the Lord buried him. Fascinating. Now Joshua's taking over. It says in the Bible that Moses was the most humble man on the face of the earth. He was one of the greatest, and he's one of the most well-known among all religious cultures in, in the world. For now, thousands of years, it is 3,500 years later, Joshua would never be a Moses. Moses saw God face to face, so much his face glowed, remember? And God talked to him as I'm talking to you right now. But Joshua was God's man. And none of us will probably ever be any measure up to Joshua in our lifetime at all. But Joshua didn't measure up to Moses and he knew it. But he was God's choice. And he was scared of his 2022. Because he had to go lead all these people. And it was, his leadership would be complex. And it would be uh, troublesome because there's, the land's filled with people. They're going to go in and go to war. And there's going to be all kinds of trouble. And you can read about it in the book of Joshua. And he knew that was coming. And he was scared. So God comes to him in the very opening verses of Joshua. And he gives him the, this little section that I'm going to read with you. And it's our comfort. Because it's still true for us too as God's people on this side of the cross. So I'm going to read it to you. It'll be on the screen. It's in your folder on page five if you want it in front of you, or it's in the Bible in the pew in the book of Joshua. Chapter one, God's talking, and he's talking to Joshua. No one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and courageous because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their ancestors to give them. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left that you may be successful wherever you go. Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. There are two main thoughts that run through these words from God. It's like a sandwich with a piece of bread on the top and on the bottom. 
there's a thought on the top and the bottom of the text, and in the middle is the second thought. The thought on the top and the bottom is that we can be bold and courageous, and God can command us to be, because he promises to be with us. We're going to talk about that. The second one, though, that's in the middle is we know that we're going to be able to work our way through 2022 because we have God's word. In the, and so let's take that one first. Let's, it's, it starts at verse 7, and I'll just highlight it. He says, verse 7, Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Remember what I said where Moses wrote down the history? He wrote Genesis, Exodus. Leviticus has a lot of the laws, okay? Numbers, the story of the wandering in, in the wilderness. And Deuteronomy, the retelling of the history and the laws all mixed together. And he put these on scrolls and they put it right next to the Ark of the, the Covenant. And then they, they studied it as priests and they taught it to the people. So God tells Joshua, you be a student of the, the, that all those five books are called the law. So it's not all code law, you know. He says, you be a student of the law. You be studying my word. See, God did not create his word for it to collect dust while our hearts wander around afraid. He has always intended that his word, once it made it out of his mouth and his heart and onto paper, would be the dynamo, the power for the human heart to sustain it in faith and live. He says that faith comes from hearing the word. Faith is the opposite of anxiety, see? So he says, be in my word, Joshua. You're freaked out because you've got to go into leading my people in the future. Be a man of the word. So of all the many things that Joshua's got to do as commander, and he's like the king, but he's called the prophet of the people, he's supposed to spend time listening and reading and understanding God's word. He would always stay on point that way. He would know that things were going according to God's plan, and he would also have all the promises of God and the insight and the wisdom to handle things as, little, as life came. doesn't say anywhere how he did it, but you can tell by the way he lived his life that he was embedded in the word of God because it keeps coming out of him. You know, he's, he's, a, he's a commander of armies as a prophet, but he's, he's not oblivious to the word of God and the ways of God. They come out in everything that he says. That stuff doesn't just happen. It's part of that, that spending time in the word as the spirit taught him. At the end of his life, in chapter 24, he's talking about, choose you this day whom you will serve, but as for me and my house, we will serve Yahweh. And when a preacher says Yahweh, you might not even know what that means, but that's actually a specific name for God. It's Jehovah in English. But uh, that's all part of Joshua's heart and mind as he's leading God's people because he was in the word devotionally. And when he listened in church at the, at the temple, he listened devotionally. He listened with his heart and he wrapped his mind and heart around it. If they didn't have pews, but if they did and they had Bible, maybe sometimes he'd grab that Bible out of the pew and say, I want to look up the context of what that you know, priest is saying. He was into the word. And it was a get to, not a have to. Do you know what I mean? A get to and not a have to. When you look at devotional life as a have to, it becomes a drudgery and something you feel real guilty about if you miss it. Rather than a get to is you feel like, oh, I missed it. 
that, that's a bummer, but I get to do it again. Whenever I can find the time, I'm going to do it. I get to be in the Word. I get to go to church. In fact, we preachers even have to work on this because sometimes we'll ask each other, do you have to preach New Year's Eve? Instead of, do you get to preach? Talk about Jesus and His Word on New Year's Eve. So our whole devotional life is a get-to. And this is part of it. It's coming and listening. But it's also part of your own life. You see where I'm leading for 2022 for you? What is God saying to Joshua? If, if you want to do well in your next year, be in my word. And that's what he's saying to us. If you want to do well this next year in your faith, then have a devotional life. Be devoted about how you worship with your corporate body of believers and be devoted in how you spend time in God's word for yourself. And it doesn't have to be just opening a book and sitting in a chair. You know that. Because of technology, you've got access to all kinds of uh, word of God on your phone while you're moving about. You don't need me to describe it. And it's found in song as well as it's found in the written word. Just like we sang Psalm 91, and I told you about Moses' song. God intends the song and the music of his word with its words truth to be devotion for you. So as you look at 2022, make it a New Year's resolution to be Joshua. Be a woman or a man of the word and to grow in it. And that you could look back, maybe even put it in your phone, down in your calendar, out at December 28th, 29th, 30th, that one of your goals for this year is to learn 10 new things you never learned from God's word. Something like that. So you give yourself a goal to be in the word and devoted to it. We don't stop growing unless we decide to stop growing. Now, all that being said, some things can happen in this next year that completely wipe us off our feet. Some of us may even go to heaven. We may die off this earth this next year. Um, there's not a Bible passage that can stop that. If the, Psalm 104 says that the Lord gives the breath and he takes it away. No, who can change that? God may allow us to get really sick or he may allow a car accident or there may be a huge economic recession or depression. We don't know. Um, we, we, in the information age, we hear all kinds of news about things like that, Right? I remember, Adam, being with you, uh, I'm coming back from a pastor's conference, and you said, did you hear the Chinese have this new kind of missile that can get past all of the other protective missiles that America has? To, you know, and you're like, oh, man, my goodness. I don't want to have to deal with thinking about that. We don't know what's coming, do we? How do you not live today in anxiety about what might happen. Don't tell me you don't struggle with that sometimes. The stress and worry about what might happen. Right? And I can say, like your mother did all day long, 90% of the stuff that you worry about never happens, so stop worrying about it. But you'll still have tendencies to worry about it, some of us more than others. Is there a word from God to Joshua? For people like us that have that challenge? Yeah. 
Instead of telling Joshua what was going to happen, and man, if you read in the book, remember when they went to Jericho and they, they took it and then Achan stole some of the stuff, so when we went Ai, the next city that they, they, got, they lost 36 men, they got killed in battle, and all the different, many different troubles that they had in Joshua's battles. He had, if God would have said, okay, Joshua, be strong and courageous, but first we're going to go to Jericho, and this is going to happen, and that's going to, and then that would just make Joshua be, be, it would play into what I'm about to remind you that you and I have along with Joshua, and we got it from our mother and dad, Adam and Eve. We got a belief that we can trust ourselves better than anyone else, including God. And so we need to, this is the way we naturally think in our old man. We need to know what's coming so we can control what's coming. And so that's another reason why we sit by the news all the time. We need to know so we can control. You know, when you look at the way God handled people, Joshua here, Jesus in Matthew 28, 20, it's all over your Bible. Whenever he had a new leader and he was turning them into an uncertain future, this is what he always said, I'll be with you. That's it. Well, what's, what's going to happen? I'll be with you. Well, what if they do this? I'll be with you. What if this doesn't happen? I'll be with you. I'm not going to tell you everything that's going to happen. I'll be with you. I'll just read it to you so you see it from the word. Verse 5, no one is able to stand against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Go down to verse 9, the last half. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. That Lord is all caps. That's Yahweh. Yahweh, who's your God, will be with you wherever you go. I will be with you, sandwich, top and bottom of this section, talking to Joshua. God wants you to know he's going to be with you, whatever's coming. Um, as we grow as, as children, when we're little, when we're little, we are, our little brain, is to, they say, you know, it's assimilating hundreds and hundreds of bits of information every hour. And they try to estimate how that, you know, we only use tenth of our brain in our lifetime. And little kids, when they're born, they're just like piling on all this information. One thing they learn is that they, unless there's abuse or neglect, they learn, I can trust that mother of mine. They don't know the word mother, but they trust her. And I can trust that father. They learn to trust them. And anybody else who's a good caregiver will earn their trust pretty fast as they assimilate the thoughts of trust of being around them. And they get to be close to that heartbeat that they were once inside of her. They feel that warmth and that love and that hug. And so they get separation anxiety if they get separated from that mom or dad. In fact, you'll, you, as an adult, like a baby caregiver at a daycare center or someone who's babysitting so mom and dad can go out for the night, um, as an adult that's trying to help, you can be rather frustrated because you wish the baby would just know you can be trusted as much as their parents while they're having separation anxiety you can't get them to, to they don't know have that knowledge but the illustration is that i wanted to share with you is they actually know how to trust that person to 
the way God wants us to know how to trust him. So do me a favor, indulge me. You're all sitting in a pew with a Bible in front of you somewhere. So look at those, see those bench? You can use your phone too. Go to Psalm 131. If you go to page 615, 615, I'm going I'm to show you how God uses this as, this as an illustration. You know, we preachers look for illustrations because we want God's word to be sticky. This one came out of the Bible, not from me in my mind. So you go to page 615, and it's a short psalm called Psalm 131. And it's part of a group called the Song of Ascents that they used to sing what the Jews did when they would ascend the steps of the temple or, or even on their pilgrim journeys from their homes. They would sing these psalms. And again, oral society, this is the way they taught each other. So we have a psalm that if you have a lot of guilt, you want to join John Newton and sing Amazing Grace, right? Right? If you want to praise God for all the wonderful things he's done in your life, you might sing to God be the glory, great things. See, right? Well, when the Jews wanted to calm their hearts from anxiety, they sang this psalm that most likely David wrote as king. And David was like Joshua. David knew that he needed God to be with him. David also knew he needed to meditate on God's word. He wrote Psalm 1 that said meditate on God's word day and night, the way God told Joshua to do it. So David learned from the law, the first five books, and Joshua to write Psalm 1, meditate on God's word. He learned from the books of the first five books of the Bible, the law, to learn to trust God would be with him wherever he went. And David had a very complex life of leadership. You can find it all in the book of 1 Samuel, 2 Samuel and some in Chronicles and Kings. And David had a ton to worry about. And he had a lot of enemies and people trying to kill him. Not just Saul when he was younger, but he had enemies. And his son Absalom was after him when he was old. All these things to worry about. More trauma than you and I will probably ever face collectively. This one man had. And then all the stress of his leadership. And it wasn't over in four years like a president's tour of duties over. It lasted 40 so he wrote this song. He wrote it for himself because he uses the first person. Then he wrote it for us because of the last verse, and it's only three verses long. Okay? So I've got it written here or uh, open here. My heart is not proud, Lord. My eyes are not haughty. I do not concern myself with great matters or things too wonderful for me. But here's the baby learning to trust. I have calmed and quieted myself. I am like a weaned child that's about three years old at the most in their day. I'm like a weaned child with its mother. Like a weaned child, I am content when I'm with it, my mother. You know, when I'm with you, Lord, I'm going to relax. You're with me. Israel, now see, David becomes the teacher and the preacher. Israel, talking, I wrote this for everyone in Israel to read it and understand. Israel, put your hope in the Lord, both now and forevermore. You see the Lord's all caps? It's Yahweh. So learn from a little child who doesn't need to know what's coming, 
In fact, you can't even tell them what's coming and make them feel better. They just know I can trust my mom. I can trust my dad. Learn from a little child to trust God that way. You'll be with me. I'm going to quit trying to entertain big thoughts and control what's going to happen. I'm going to let go and let God in 2022. My last thought to kind of put the cherry on top. Look at verse 6 of the text, and if you can't find it on the screen, or <laughs> I'll read it to you. Be strong and courageous because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their ancestors to give them. Joshua, you're part of a plan that I devised from heaven that's going to happen and it's my plan and it's bigger than your story and your life. So get out of being all about you and get into being all about me, God, and my plan and realize the plan is going to happen. The details, it's going to be crazy. But the plan is going to happen. I'm going to give them the land I promised to give them. Now that plan to give them the land is actually part of yet a bigger mega plan that's all spelled out in Genesis and spelled out in later in Isaiah. It's spelled out in other places. That bigger plan was the Jews would inhabit this land and in that land is a town called Bethlehem where Jesus would be born and is a temple in Jerusalem where he would appear. And I'm just telling you different prophecies. And he would be born of a virgin from their clans in that land that God gave them. And salvation for humanity would happen not in Texas, but in that land that they would inherit because God said, that's the place on earth where I'm going to save humanity. And through Zechariah the prophet, he said, I'll remove the sin of the land in a single day in that land. <laughs> Joshua, you're part of a bigger plan. Now, why am I showing you this? Because part of our deal is that we are so into ourselves as we worry about the future that we worry about our plans and we, can't, we don't even realize we're making it really all about us. Newsflash. God's got a plan to spread the gospel over the whole planet. He's got a plan in every individual person's life to use the stresses of the problems that come up. This is Acts 17 to draw you back to him so you would realize, oh, you're with me. You're here as my savior, God. And that you would be a light for peace to the other people who are stressing out with their problems all around you as you share the truth of the gospel with them. And that's the plan. That's bigger than your plan to make a lot of money. It's bigger than your plan to have good health and avoid COVID this year. It's better than your plan to get that new house or that new car or new travel plans. None of that, none of that is the plan. And the plan to spread the gospel and to let your light, he'll make your light shine as you practice your faith and your devotional life and the spirit of God is working grace and peace in your heart. That plan is going to be a, make it a cool year because you're going to be experiencing walking with God on his plan. So he's with you, but it's even more exciting if you're also with him. 
And all God's people said, amen to that, right? Amen.